You're listening to Main Menu on ACB Radio's Mainstream. Welcome to Main Menu for the week of August 10 through August 16, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner, here on Main Menu, and we are very glad to have you with us today here on Main Menu. Always glad to see you back with us, whether you're a returning listener or this is your first show. We hope you really enjoy the show and get a lot of valuable information out of what the program is for today. And we have a rather full program today, so I want to get right into the information about what's on today's show. We're going to start out with a brief reminder of how you can get in contact with us here at Main Menu. And then we have Mr. David Woodbridge comes along from Vision Australia, and David is going to be demoing and talking about the new iOS app for your iPhone, iTouch, or iPad. The Flexi app, which is a new and exciting way for blind and visually impaired people to input information into their device. And then after that, Shane Davidson and Jeremy Kaldowski come along. Jeremy is the developer of a program called Swamp Audio Game, and they are going to introduce us to the game, the Today Show, and next week they'll be back to actually do a demo of the game for us. Then finally, Jamie Pauls from Saratalk comes along and will be doing an interview with Mike Kendall from Humanware and talking about some of the products from Humanware and from the recent ACB 2012 convention. Next week, by the way, we will have, as I said before, Shane and Jeremy will be back to do a demo of the Swamp Audio game, and then we also will be airing a demo of the free speech software for the BlackBerry phones. And we may also have a demo and tutorial on another feature from Mountain Lion. Right now, let's get on into our content for this evening. You have a great week. Have a wonderful summer. Stay cool. And we'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu. All of us here on the Main Menu team consider your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for future shows very important. To interact with us to share your feedback, you can send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can follow us on Twitter by visiting www.twitter.com slash mainmenu. You can subscribe to a mailing list where you can interact with the Main Menu staff and other Main Menu listeners by sending a blank email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can visit our website to find all of our contact information and past show archives by visiting mainmenu.acbradio.org. And finally, 
to learn about other ACB Radio programs and mailing lists, you can visit the ACB Radio homepage at acbradio.org. We thank you for listening to Main Menu, and please don't hesitate to get in touch with us if you have any feedback. following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Welcome to this demonstration. The Flexi application being the keyboard pattern recognition application for your iOS device and basically the way the application works is that you only have to do the pattern of the word on the keyboard to accurately type in the word so for example if you wanted to type in the word the T-H-E you would approximately touch on the T on the row above your home row in the middle come down slightly to the right on your normal home row and touch approximately where the H is. Come to the row above that and then slightly over to the left to the E to complete the word the. And then the way the application works, you can do a one finger flick to the right to complete the word. The Flexi application is compatible with iOS 5. However, it does require that you use VoiceOver with the application. And with that in mind, there are two suggested settings that you need to turn on to use Flexi effectively. The first one to turn on is in Settings, Sounds, and that is Keyboard Clicks. So you get feedback from the keyboard when you're touching the on-screen keyboard, as it were. The second setting is in relation to voiceover, and that is to turn what's called triple click home on, so that when you press the home button three times, you are actually turning voiceover on or off when required with the application. And to do that, you go into settings, general, accessibility, triple click, and then tick on or select voiceover. So again that means when you press voiceover three times it will turn voiceover on or off. Just a note, to type into the application you actually need to turn voiceover off and to use the features and functions in the application after you've typed something in you need to turn voiceover back on again. The application when you first start Flexi may take up to a minute to load and as the application is being constantly developed, there may be some features that you may come across that will be different from the features covered in this recording. Now with that introduction out of the way, let me say that I've got my iPhone 4S turned on, VoiceOver is running, and I've already set my sounds to keyboard clicks and VoiceOver to triple click home or pressing the home button three times to turn VoiceOver on or off. And as we all know, to find an application on one of your home screens on your iPhone, in my case, you touch the screen and VoiceOver tells you what's under your finger, or you can flick left or right or swipe 
I normally say flick. So for people that normally use the word swipe, I'm going to be using the word flick. I just find it more comfortable to use it. So you can flick left or right to move between icons or options. So I'm going to touch my screen. Phone, one new item. And my phone icon, I'm going to do one finger flick to the left. Page 5 of 11, adjustable. One finger flick to the left again. Flexi. There's my Flexi application. Now I'm going to do a one finger double tap to open up Flexi. And of course, as we've got voiceover running, I can do a one finger double tap anywhere on the screen. So I'll do that now. One finger double tap. Loading. Okay, and we get a loading message. Loading. Dart. Loading. Dart. Loading. Dart. Loading. Dart. Loading. Dart. Loading. Dart. Triple click home to start typing or swipe right for more options. Okay, so we can triple click or press the home button three times since we've already set it up to turn voiceover off to start typing. Or we can do a one finger flick to the right for more options. So I'll do that now. One finger flick to the right for voiceover command. Instructions button. Is the instructions button on how to actually use the application. One finger flick to the right again. Flexi on Twitter button. Flexi on Twitter. One finger flick to the right again. Flexi on the web button. Flexi on the web. One finger flick to the right again. And that's it. We've got the beep to let us know that there's no more icons to navigate through. So let's do one finger back flick to the left. Flexi on Twitter button. Instructions button. Triple click home to start typing or swipe right for more options. And we're back to the instructions on turning voiceover off, etc. And basically those options in the action menu that we just went through, i.e. instructions, flexi on the web, etc. They basically take you to Safari and it goes to the appropriate page, of course, on the internet. Okay, so let me turn voiceover off. So I'm going to press the home button three times. So one, two, three. Voiceover off. Typing, triple click home for menu. Okay, so triple click home for menu or the elections menu now. So since I've got voiceover currently turned off, we can now actually type, as in pattern typing, into the on-screen keyboard. Now for those that want to know what's visually on the screen, basically down the bottom I've got a keyboard, a normal query style keyboard. The home row, for example, has our traditional A, S, D, F, G, H, J, K, L, etc. There's actually no spacebar, no caps lock, no shift key, no punctuation, just the straight alphabet keys. And that the top of the screen basically is where the letter stroke words that you are typing are displayed, but that's only purely for visual displaying purposes. You actually don't interact with that part of the screen. Now, if you want to get used to the screen and where the keys are, 
you can actually use this program for manual typing as well. I'm just going to use it at the moment so we can find out where things are on the screen. So I'm going to touch sort of the middle of the bottom third of my screen and hold my finger down. H. Okay, so Hotel. Was, so that was H. If I drag my finger up a little bit. Y. There's Yankee. Y. Drag my finger down a little bit. H. There's H Hotel. Again. Drag my finger down a little bit. B. N. November. Okay, and so on. J. Okay, so basically I can explore in relation to the key layout where those keys are approximately on the touch screen. Now I'm actually going to delete that at the moment by just doing a one finger flick to the left. Can you hear a sound? If I do it again, one finger flick to the left. No more text to delete. Okay, no more text to delete. So let's try to type in the word bananas, for example. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to type on the keyboard. It's going to touch the keyboard rapidly because you will not get keyboard echo. It basically says the word when you're finished. So I'm going to type in B-A-N-A-N-A-S and one finger flick to the right to complete the word. Bananas. Okay, and there's that word bananas. So what I was actually doing was touching on the row below the home row where the B would be normally on a QWERTY keyboard, back up to the home row, right over to the far left for the A, back down to the row beneath the home row, in the middle over to the rightish a bit for the N, etc. And then when I finish writing the word, I do a one finger flick to the right to tell Flexi that I've finished that word and then reads it back to me. In this case, it got it correct. So let's try another word. I'm going to type in the word hospital this time. So I'm going to type in H-O-S-P-I-T-A-L. One finger flick to the right. Hospital. Okay, so there we go again. Again, I was approximating the letter positions on the keyboard, and then a one finger flick right to complete the word. Okay, now let's say we type in a word, and the pattern recognition gets it wrong for some reason. And this normally happens when you type in very small words because there's not much for the software to recognize the pattern of the word you're typing in. So I'm going to type in the word in. So I-N. Now I'm going to do one finger flick to the right. Of. Okay, now it said of. And that's not, not the one I want. So it's now got a suggestion list on the screen. So if I do a one finger flick down. On. There's on. One finger flick down again. If. If, one finger flick down again. In. And there's in. Now I want to use that word, so all I have to do now is just type in my next word. So far we've got Bananas Hospital in, and I might just type in Australia, so it makes a bit of a more of a sentence. So A-U-S-T-R-A-L-I-A, -A, one finger flick to the right. Australia. Okay, and if I want to finish that whole thing off as a sentence, all I have to do now is do another one finger flick to the right. Period. And there's our period. Now let's say for example I don't want the period there, I want to delete it. Well as I did initially to get rid of those characters, it's a one finger flick to the left. Deleted period. Okay, so it's got rid of the period. Now if I do another one finger flick to the left. Deleted Australia. I've just got rid of the word Australia and if I keep going I'll basically keep getting rid of words word by word. If I want to get rid of everything I've typed in, if I do a one finger flick to the left and hold like this, 
No more text to delete. <laughs> it keeps going back, 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 and of course it heard the beep, beep sound to let us know that we've deleted everything in that current text entry window. I'm just going to type in hello world, this is David. Hello. Hello. World. This is David. Okay, and let's put a full stop. Period. Okay, so I just did a one-finger flick to the right. And remember when I was typing, each time I completed a word, I did a one-finger flick to the right to complete that word. And because they got it all correct, I didn't have to use the one-finger flick down for the suggestions. Okay, let's say I want to listen to what I've just typed in back. I just hold the phone up to my ear. Hello world, this is David. Okay, and it just read back to me what I've just typed in. Okay, now we've already found out that by doing a one-finger flick after, we've done the one-finger flick to complete a word, we get a full stop. Okay, so let me type in the word hi, and then we want to put a comma in. So I'm going to type in H-I, and we'll see if it gets it right. Hi. Which it did. Now if I do another one-finger flick to the right. Period. There's that period. Now I don't want to use a period. I want to use a comma. So we also have suggestions for commonly used punctuation. So if I do a one-finger flick down. Comma. There's comma. One-finger flick down again. Question mark. Question mark. One-finger flick down again. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. One-finger flick down again. Colon. Colon. And one-finger flick down again. Semicolon. Semicolon. Let's try one more time. Semicolon. And then we get the nice beep to us. Now we can't go any further. So we want to use comma. So a one-finger flick back up again. Colon. Exclamation mark. Question mark. Comma. And we're back to comma. Now I should have also said that when you're doing the suggested words, as is when I typed in if and it got on and then I flicked down to if, if you go past the word that you wanted, again like the punctuation, you can do one finger flick back up to get to the word you want and then just keep typing. And the same with the punctuation, I can now just keep typing. So basically I've got hi, comma, this, this, is, of, and it's got of rather than this, so one finger flick down. Is. There's is. And then M-E. B. And I don't want B, I want me. He. Me. And there's me. So of course I did that with one finger flick down through the suggestions, one finger flick to the right. Period. And there's my full stop. And again, if you want to hear it all back, I hold it up to my Hello ear. world, this is David. Hi, this is me. Okay. Not very intelligent words, but never mind. Okay, so that's it, reading back to what we've typed in everything so far. Now you can add other symbols, which I won't go through in this demonstration, but to get to the currently the symbols keyboard, in this particular version of the software, it's a two-finger rotate on the screen, as if you were turning a dial like you would normally use in the rotor for voiceover itself. So basically I'm putting my two fingers, one at nine and one at three, and I'm rotating them to... 10 and 4, so I'm moving clockwise. So I'll do that now. Numbers. Okay, there's numbers. If I do it again. Letters. Letters. Symbols. There's symbols. So now what I have on the screen is a symbol keyboard rather than my normal letter QWERTY keyboard. So if I touch the screen now. Left parenthesis. Left parenthesis. If I drag my finger to the right. Right parenthesis. There's right parenthesis. Drag my finger to the right. Keep going. Percent sign. Percent sign. Grab my finger up a little bit. 
Double quote. Okay, and if I wanted to use that when I've still got my finger on the screen, I take my finger off the screen. Double quote. And it's put it into our text entry viewing area, if you like. And of course, if I want to get rid of it, I do one finger flick to the left. Deleted. Okay, and it's got rid of that punctuation. Now, if you want to enter in numbers, I can do a two-finger rotate clockwise again. So again, I'm holding my fingers or putting my fingers on 9 and 3 and rotating to 10 and 4. Numbers. Okay, and there's the numbers keyboard. And the numbers keyboard is laid out like a telephone-style keyboard. So you have 1, 2, 3 on the top row, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and of course the 0 below the 8. So let me type in 1, 3, 100, 8, 4, 7, 4, double 6. So I'm going to do 1. And again, what I'm doing is I'm holding my finger on the screen to make the letters, or in this case, the numbers talk. 1. Okay, there's 1. Take my finger off the screen. 1. Find 3 over to the right-hand side of the screen. 3. Hold my finger on it. Take my finger out to put it in. 3. Okay, and for those that are used to touch typing mode in VoiceOver, this is the touch typing mode in Flexi. So basically what I'm doing, I'm dragging my finger around or touching directly on the, in this case, the number. When I hear what it is, I take my finger off the screen to put that, in this case, the number, into our text entry area. So I've got one, three, and I'm going to find zero down towards the bottom of the screen. Eight, zero. Okay, there's zero. Now, you originally heard eight. It hasn't put it in because I was just moving my finger down. So zero. Zero. And then another zero. Zero, zero. And now eight. Eight, eight, four, four, seven, seven. One, four, four, three, six, 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 six. Okay, now as you heard, I just did the rest of it, which was eight, four, seven, four, double, six. And you might have heard me, I sometimes I didn't quite touch on the number I want. So what I did was basically drag my finger down to the right number location on the screen and then take my finger off the screen. So as I said earlier on, it's all about the touch typing mode that people would be using in voiceover usually. So you find the number in this case of what you wish to put in and then take your finger off the screen to activate that number and put it in the text edit area. So if you want to listen to the number you've just put in you actually have to listen to the whole text that you've just typed in up to this point. So I'm going to hold the phone up to my ear again. Hello world this is David. This is me 1,300,847,466. Okay, so as you can tell, VoiceOver just treated that number as a whole number. So it was in number word mode rather than number digit mode. So what I normally do in this case is I will normally write my numbers in groups of three or four so that at the worst case scenario you're going to get to say 1,000 300 or 847 for example rather than the huge number that was just pronouncing just then and of course the way to put a space in is after each couple of numbers that you want to do it with just do a one finger flick to the right to complete that particular number sequence and that should be fine now if I want to delete a number if I do a one finger flick to the left deleted six Okay, it's actually going to delete 
one number at a time. Because remember in word mode, a one finger flick to the left got rid of punctuation all the entire word. Because the software is assuming that you've mistyped in one number in a number sequence, it's not going to get rid of the entire number that you've just been putting in. So if I do another one finger flick to the left. Deleted six. Okay, there's another number six to delete because the last two numbers of that whole number was double six. And this should be deleting a number four. One finger flick to the left again. Deleted four. And there's my four, for example. So I'm going to read, type in four, six, six again. Five, four, four, six, 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 six. Okay, and one finger flick to the right. And there's our space. Okay, so let's say, for example, we'd like to put in a new line. The way it works, rather than just doing one finger flick to the right to put in a punctuation mark or complete a word, we can do a one finger flick to the right and hold. So if I do that now... New line. Okay, I've just put in a new line. And of course, if I did one finger flick back to the left... Deleted new line. I've just deleted that new line. So I'll do it again. One finger flick to the right and hold my finger on the screen. New line. Okay, and there's the new line. Now, as I mentioned earlier on, particularly with the numbers and what I did at the beginning of the actual demo, you can type in words manually. Now, at the moment, I'm still in the symbols keyboard mode, so I have to do a two-finger rotate, and I can still go clockwise. So again, fingers at nine and three, rotating to ten and four clockwise to get back to the letters keyboard. So I'll do that now, two-finger rotate. Symbols. Letters. Okay, and I've got back around to letters. Okay, so now we can type in manually. So again, if I wanted to type in an abbreviation, for example, like NSW, New South Wales in Australia, let me find the N on the keyboard and you'll find the instructions called that hovering. Okay, so holding your finger on the screen is called hovering. So I'm going to approximate where the N would be on the keyboard and hold my finger down. N. Take my finger up, find the S. D. No. Delta. Drag my finger to the left. S. 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 Sierra. And then W. So I'm going to find the W. W. Take my finger Whiskey. Up. Now if I do one finger flick to the right to complete that word. NSW. Okay. It's taken the abbreviation NSW for me, which is very nice. And of course if I do another one finger flick to the right. Period. I'm going to put in a full stop. Now in regards to capitalization, at the moment the system will automatically capitalize the start of a sentence and capitalize names etc so at the moment the nsw is actually going to be in lowercase there are changes afoot in the software to allow you to manually capitalize letters as you type them in manually the other nice thing you can do and this is either with manual typing or halfway through typing a word that you think is not correct you can just use that one finger flick back to the left to just delete the partial word you've typed in. So let me just type in the word, say for example, frog, F-R-O, and I've got to that O, and I think, oh no, I wanted to type in the word mouse. One finger flick to the left. That's got rid of what I've just typed in, and it didn't say anything. And then M-O-U-S-E, one finger flick to the right to complete. Mouse. Okay, and I've got mouse instead. Now let's say, for example, you've finished typing in what you need to, and you then want to be able to actually do something with that text that you've just typed in. 
So I'm going to turn VoiceOver back on again by pressing the home button three times. So one, two, three. VoiceOver on. Hello world, this is David. Hi, this is me. One, three, zero, zero, eight, four, seven, four, six, six, six. NSW mouse. Triple click home to resume typing or swipe right for more options. Okay, so that was when I turned the voiceover on, I did a one finger quickly flick to the right, one finger back flick to the left, and it reread out what I've just typed in. It also told me to turn voiceover off again by a triple click home to keep typing. Now remember that initial action menu only had the instructions, flexi on Twitter, etc. Well now we've got more options because we've now we've got text in the interface. If I do one finger flick to the right. Email button. Okay, we can email to anybody we like the text that we just typed in. Message button. We can message the text that we just typed in. One finger flick to the right again. Tweet button. We can tweet what we just typed in. One finger flick to the right. Copy button. We can copy it to the clipboard. Of course, to paste it into any other app running on our, on our iOS device, in my case the iPhone 4S. One finger flick to the right. Clear button. We can clear the text we just typed in. One finger flick to the right. Instructions button. Instructions. One finger flick to the right. Feedback button. Feedback. So you can send feedback back to the developer of Flexi, which is quite handy. One finger flick to the right. Flexi on Twitter button. Flexi on Twitter. Flexi on the web Flexi button. The web. Export dictionary button. Export dictionary. Because what you can actually do is you can save your particular words that the software for some reason is not getting correct. You can save them for future reference and next time you type them in the software will get it right after you put the word in manually. So one finger flick to the right again and that's it. Okay, so what I'm going to do at the moment, I'm actually going to clear this text. I'm going to do one finger flick to the left. To Flexi clear. on the web. Flexi on Twitter. Feedback. Instructions. Clear. Button. Okay, one finger double tap on clear. Text cleared. A triple click home to start typing. Or swipe right for more options. Okay, so I'm going to turn voiceover off with triple click home. One, two, three. Voiceover off. Typing. Triple click home for menu. And I'm just going to type in, just completed my official Flexi demo. Just. Just. Completed. Completed. My. B. And I got it wrong, so my finger flicked down. My. That's my official. Official. Flexi. Flexi. Demonstration. Demonstration. Okay. Comma. Period. So one finger flick to the right and one finger flick down for the comma. Comma. Now. Now. Just. Just. Need. Need. To. To. Edit. Type. Whoops. True. Thou. Deleted thou. Edit. Edit. Period. One finger flick right to period. Okay, now I want to tweet that. So I'm going to do home button three times. Triple click home. One, two, three. Voice over on. And I'm going to do one finger flick to the right. Email. But just completed my official flexi demonstration. Now just need to edit. Okay, Triple click home that. to resume typing. So or swipe right for right. more options. Email. Message. Tweet. Button. And there's tweet. One finger double tap. And if I touch towards the top of the screen. Cancel. Button. Cancel button. One finger flick to the right. Tweet. Heading. That's the tweet heading. Send. Button. Send button. One finger flick to the right. Tweet. Text field. Is editing. Just completed my official flexi demonstration. Now just need to edit. Okay. And that sounds perfectly fine to me. And of course here I could actually one finger double tap 
and read it word by word, character by character, using normal voiceover commands. So one finger flick back to the left. Send button. And I'm going to tweet it and send it. One finger double tap. Send dimmed. Alert. Triple click home to start typing or swipe right for more options. Okay, and I've just sent that tweet onto Twitter by using the Flexi application. Now if I just want to actually close the application, I can just press the home button. Flexi. And I'm back to my home screen with the Flexi application ready to run again. Now one final thing I want to show you is actually the settings for the Flexi application that you can turn on or off to use the application more effectively. And again, as I said earlier on in this demonstration, there will be changes to the Flexi interface and how it operates. There may also be changes to the settings that I'm about to go through in the Flexi application as well. Okay, so let me go back to my initial home screen by just pressing the home button again. Home, messages, okay, three new items, new stand folder, okay, one item. Stand, do one finger flick to the right. iTunes, app store, settings. One finger double tap on settings. Settings. And I want to flick down to Flexi on my default settings screen. Touch towards the bottom of the screen, just above my home button. General button. General. One finger flick to the right. Sound bright privacy. I got mail. Right no reminder. Phone message. Fake. Safari. Music video. Photo. I. I tune. Twitter. Fa A. A. B. App. App. Area. B. Drop Flexi button. Okay, and there's Flexi. So one finger double tap to open up the Flexi settings. Flexi settings. Back button. Okay, one finger flick to the right. Flexi, heading, speaking rate, heading, 25%, adjustable. So here you can do a one finger flick up or down to adjust the speed of the reading back voice that Flexi uses. One finger flick to the right again. Favorites, text field. Favorites, so here you could actually put in a phone number for a favorite person that you want to just message directly. So rather than having to go to message and then select the phone number, etc., you can just put a phone number here followed by a comma and another phone number, etc. And in that action menu that comes up and says, you know, do you want to choose message, tweet, etc., that your phone number will also be in that action menu as well. So one finger flick to the right. Your phone number, text field. Okay, your phone number, that's pretty self-evident. That's your own phone number, as in your mobile number. One finger flick to the right. Your email address, text field. Your email address you'd like people to respond to. One finger flick to the right again. Force landscape, off. Force landscape is currently off. So if I wanted to do force the application to work in landscape mode, that's how you can do it if you wish. One finger flick to the right. Invisible keyboard, off. Invisible keyboard is currently off. So turn that on and a sighted person would basically not see anything on the screen. So one finger flick to the right again. Keyboard clicks on. Keyboard clicks on. So one finger double tap will turn them off. One finger flick to the right. IS build 35 3.78-2.09 heading. That's the current build number. One finger flick to the right again. And that's the end of the screen. Okay, so of course we could do a two finger scrub. Settings. Flexi. Back to button. Settings screen, etc. So I'm just going to press the home button. Home. Settings. Go back to my initial home screen. So remember, as I said earlier, that the options in that settings screen may also change, as well as the Flexi interface itself. That concludes this demonstration of Flexi.
if you'd like more information about Flexi, you can go to their website, which is www.flexi.com. That's F-L-E-K-S-Y.com. I hope you've enjoyed this demonstration of Flexi, and thanks for listening, and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Hello everybody, my name is Shane Davis and we're here on ACB Radio's main menu. Welcome to this interview and review of Swamp. Just a couple of notes before we get into this thing. I do apologize for any stuttering or mic issues that are present in this review. There was a problem on Jeremy's end throughout the review. I cleaned it up as best I could, but I do apologize for it right now. The version we discuss is version 2.0. This is not the latest release. The latest release as of the date of this introduction we're recording is version 2.7. So there are some changes that have happened to 2.0 2.7. They include sound changes, new maps, and more. When you install Swamp, please check the change log for complete change details. And now, on with the interview and the game demonstration using Swamp version 2.0. And as mentioned in the introductory spiel, I'm here with Jeremy Kaldobsky, creator of many accessible products and games. One of his most popular ones now is Swamp, previously was Castaways. Jeremy, thank you for joining us uh, today. Good to be here. Let's start with um, a little bit about yourself. How about you tell uh, myself and listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and what got you interested in programming for such a small community such as the blind community? Because I'm going to assume... And you can tell me whether I'm wrong or not, that you are fully sighted. Mm-hmm. And so let's, let's cover you know, a bit about yourself, your background, and what got you interested in programming for the blind community. Well, I am fully sighted, like you guessed. Let's see, I started programming at the beginning of high school. It was just something I picked up on my own. Um, you know, I would go look through the help files of programming languages and things, and it was just something to do for fun. I did end up going to school for computer science, uh, first, I went for mechanical engineering, then I went back for computer science. So I do have a couple of degrees under my belt. I just don't currently work in that field. I don't really know what else about me is that interesting. I'm 30 years old. I've been married for six years, seven years, sorry. <laughs> Someone's going to ask, and I might as well ask it, any kids? Nope, no kids. Now, you came out of nowhere, at least from what I've been seeing, because I've been on the gamers list and around the audio games forum since 2005, six. Mm-hmm. And you came out of nowhere. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? This this person. This well, guy's joined... excited and he's programming for. Okay. <laughs> so let's believe... let's cover um, what what got you involved with us. Well, it was a year and a half ago that I joined. Um, before that, I had just kind of oh. jumped around to different video game communities, or pl- you know, usually it was based around playing a particular game, just mainstream stuff. And uh, there was this one game in particular. It was called Babu Violent 2, which is an odd name. But it was just a little, you know, little video game. A couple of friends had thrown it together. And I would work on making mods and things for this game. So it was a, it was a tight-knit little community. And at one point during um, a multiplayer match, someone made the joke that, you know, another player was doing so bad that Apron's cat could beat him. That was the, the quote. And everybody got a laugh out of it because... Well, they knew I had a cat named Lily. 
And that night at work, I started thinking, you know, maybe my cat could play the game. So I ended up rigging together a helmet and camera system so that the the cat would actually play this multiplayer game against people. And, uh, you know, it just became a big running gag that, you know, my cat had played this game. And I started to think that I was, you know, kind of wasting an ability because if I was able to get my cat to play a game, I thought there's got to be people out there that have physical disabilities that I could probably help them instead. So it's a better use of my time than making the cat play a game. And while looking around online, I don't remember the name of the website now, but there was a a website where it was for physically disabled gamers. And the problem that I was having was I couldn't get very much feedback when I was trying to talk with these people about what they might want or what they would need as far as games are concerned. And I think a lot of it was just that with their physical disabilities, it was causing them not to be able to type or respond very quickly. So it was a very slow process. I just couldn't get the feedback. And I ended up seeing an advertisement for audiogames.net or a link or something that was placed somewhere. And I kind of stopped in just to check it out. And the first person I started chatting with was Dark. And I had so much fun just talking with him that I, I figured I would shift my focus and, you know, stay here in this group. Now, a lot of the blind gaming community is keyboard-based. Um, mm-hmm. You're the first developer, at least that I know of, that has introduced mouse usage Mm-hmm. into your gaming structure. Why the mouse? Well, uh, the way I see it, the mouse, uh, it can do things that the keyboard simply cannot do. It's it's a different tool, of course. I mean, it, It's designed for a completely different purpose. And I noticed that it was lacking in the audio games, which struck me as odd at first. I had never stopped to think whether or not blind gamers would use a mouse. It had never crossed my mind. And it makes sense because traditionally people think, well, if it's a mouse, you're using a cursor. And if you can't visually see the screen, then you can't see where the cursor is. So it's completely pointless. But if you design something to use the mouse that's not using a cursor, the mouse actually becomes a very valuable tool. It's a very fine, very precise um, weapon, and you have speed control over it. You can decide to move slowly or move quickly, whereas with a keyboard, even if you decided that pushing a key would move you a half a degree, you, you know, if you held down that key, you still have a set speed that you will rotate. It's not like a mouse. You know, you could you could swipe your hand very quickly and spin yourself around 360 if you so chose. You've combined mice, audio, and graphics. How mm-hmm. do you make the graphical and audio experience similar enough so that the sighted players that play your game are on the same playing field? as the those of us who rely strictly on audio? That was a little tricky. Um, I think having a completely even playing field will never really be possible. Even if you were to say, uh, make the entire game audio, some people would say, well, then that makes it even because everybody has to use audio. But it really wouldn't be even because you have people that have been using audio to navigate and understand the world their entire lives versus somebody who's just sat down at a game. It would never be an even playing field. It's, it's like saying the, the difference of experience. So I wanted to keep graphics in, but I had to limit them in different ways. So players who are sighted versus players who are blind are just going to have different playing strategies. Um, at a distance, the players that are playing based on sound are not hindered in any way. 
you can hear as long as the game allows you to hear, you know, at great distances, and you can pick those th zombies off from a great distance. If you're sighted, your screen is limited, if I remember right, it's 10 tiles in every direction, which is a very short uh, distance. So unless a zombie has gotten that close to you, you don't even know it exists. You may hear the sound, but I can tell you from experience, if you are a sighted player and you're trying to rely on the graphics, you cannot figure out exactly where the sounds are coming from for zombies. So a sighted player will be very good up close. They will be very good at, at um, dodging zombies and killing things once it gets within that 10 tiles. But outside of that 10 tiles, they're, they're not going to be very good. I've seen discussion on the audio games forums uh, as in this, you know, that you're developing separate maps for this game in offline playing mode. I've heard a lot of people ask about an accessible version of your map editor. Mm -hmm. Is there any work being done to produce an accessible version of that editor? Well, I have my own editor that I use, but it's, it's very, very um, graphical in nature. It's not something that I could easily make accessible. But um, two different people have come forward to make their own editors. Uh, Kay Jones has one that he actually has produced now. It's on the forums, and quite a few people have been making maps and trading maps back and forth with that ed editor. The other person is Kat, who's pretty famous in Swamp. She's a very experienced player. She has one that is a very advanced editor. It's just that only a small group of people have used it so far. She hasn't publicly released it. Now, so the, there's going to be two different approaches to how to make the map editor accessible. Are these editors available like for some of the community that this interview and demonstration combination will be targeting don't like playing around on forums. Are these, is the publicly available editor going to be available from your webpage for download at any point? From my webpage? If, if either of those uh, developers uh, want me to you know, place the links on my page, I would gladly do that. I just haven't had either one you know, ask me to. You started with Castaways, and I'm going to assume uh, we either have covered or will cover this game. Now, what do you mean by started? Your first major game that I noticed was Castaways. Gotcha. And then the next one was Swamp. Now, what gave you the idea after programming Castaways for Swamp instead of... Because a lot of players wanted to see Castaways go multiplayer like Swamp went. What right. gave you the idea to say, you know what, I'm going to leave Castaways where it is and we're going to take Swamp and run with it? Early in Castaways development, uh, I had decided that I was going to have a multiplayer mode where the players could actually build up and compete with one another in battle. I would say about halfway through, I realized that it just wasn't going to work out how I had planned. Uh, the, the, most, the greatest number of people that you would ever find online uh, at any given time, was maybe six or seven people. And that wasn't going to be enough if you divided that group in half to have them battle one another. So I kind of had to set that idea aside, and I kept thinking, maybe I can come back to it, maybe I can come back to it. And as the game got to what ended up being the end of the game, I realized that you know there, there wasn't any way to really fit that in. Um, there just wasn't enough people playing online. So uh, that's where... Castaways kind of ended, which worked out storyline-wise. It, it's everything I needed to get done. Then with Swamp, that wasn't actually what I started on next. I started working on a playroom, like kind of like RS Games, uh, you know, just an assortment of small games. Mm -hmm. I was working on that, 
And somebody made the comment that with um, Halloween quickly approaching, I should make some type of a small Halloween game. And I had about a week. So I set aside the uh, playroom. Actually, I had a playroom and I had a life simulator game. Either way, I set both of those aside. I started working on Swamp, and when Halloween hit, I had just managed to put multiplayer in. It was just a little game just to tie people over for Halloween. And I ended up getting such huge feedback on the game that pretty, people pretty much demanded that I kept developing the game. So that's what I did. One of your biggest successes, I mean, I've been playing since its inception 1.2, and I've had fun. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I use it as my stress outlet. Now, for those listening to this, what we're going to end up doing here is I'm going to go ahead and bring up this game, and we're going to discuss how this game works. I'm going to let Jeremy explain what this game does as I go ahead and set up a temporary character because it'd be a disadvantage for me to play with my current character that kind of uh, rocks your socks off. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Jeremy, how would you go ahead and describe what you start with, where you start out while I uh, set up uh, a temporary character? Sure. Uh, when you first begin the game, there is what is called the safe zone. It used to be a store. It's been kind of uh, retrofitted by the group of survivors to be a little safe haven, an area where the people can group together and protect each other. Now, in this safe zone, you start off facing the exit. A lot of people who first begin playing get a little confused and they get turned around. But if you, as soon as you begin, you can just walk straight out of the place. Walking is done using the mouse. This is, mm-hmm. you need a mouse or a trackpad. This game does take some getting used to. I've heard some people curse and swear because they can't figure it out. <laughs> I would recommend headphones. You can do it with speakers. I've done it with speakers and died in the attempt. I'd recommend headphones. This is self-voicing using NVDA, JAWS, WindowWise, or SAPI. You mm-hmm. require a mouse or trackpad. Uh, I use a mouse. And everything is remappable through the key map. The mm-hmm. documentation is lacking, and I'm not the only person that says it, so if you have questions, yep. the gaming community will be more than happy to answer those questions. Yeah, it's, I'm definitely guilty of that. In my experience, very few people would take the time to read the readme, so I don't usually update it. <laughs> I should, but yes. I don't usually. All right, so what we're going to do is I'm using JAWS for Windows version 13. And running Swamp version 2.0, and if Jeremy wants to come on in and join us, he certainly can. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up the game by pressing enter on Swamp. This is a non-installable game. I have unzipped it to a folder. I've extracted it to a folder and created a shortcut on the desktop. Alright, I'm on the desktop, and I'm on the Swamp icon. So I'm going to go ahead and hit enter. Welcome to Swamp version 2.0. Slow my speech down. Slow, 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 slower, slower. There we go. Multiplayer game. Custom maps for practicing offline. Yeah, you've got multiplayer, multiplayer which of course connects you to the multiplayer server. Custom right. maps which is for the main game. Offline. Yep. Custom maps for practicing offline. Uh, how would you explain what that does? Well, the the game itself is composed currently of two main maps and then an assortment of small mission-based maps that people can go on. That's the actual game, and they're all tied together. Uh, very few games seem to exist in multiplayer only, but this is one of those. Uh, for practicing purposes, if you decide you want to load up one of these missions, like a warehouse or, or whatever you may end up battling on in the real game, you don't want to risk your 
your character. You don't want to die a thousand times just to learn some map. So you can load it up here with this custom game option. It'll give you a list of all the maps. You pick the map. You can choose what you start with, how many zombies you'll face, what type of equipment there will be. And it's just a way to have fun and, and practice. Uh, the maps aren't tied together um, in the same way. You can't travel from one to, to the next. But it's a great way to familiarize yourself with the buildings and where things are and you know how to get in and out of places. Well, continue down the menu. Your name is Stick Bear. Press enter. This is my name. It's currently Stick Bear. I'm going to change that your name to... I will call him... I would just use my first a -A -S name. Name set to Shane. I've gone ahead and changed my name. Well, down arrow again. Your password is set. Press enter to hear what it is or to change it. Your password is set. Just as a piece of info, it is not encrypted when you hit enter here. I'm going to quickly hit enter, tap the control key to shut it up, and I'll change <laughs> my password. Password set. And I've gone ahead and changed my password. We'll go down. Hi. Voice set to Darren. Press enter to change it. Multiple voices um, done by real-life humans. We're talking voices. Let's talk uh, about that. Where did you, uh, how did you come up with your voices? How did you recruit your talent? Oh, boy, it's been a long time since these voices were, were put in. I had a a forum post and just asked volunteers to come forward and, and read from a little script. Uh, for, I'm sure some of the listeners already know, or by the time this is posted, you know, the, the updates will be changed. I had a, a recent recruiting of a whole host of new voices that will be completely replacing the current voice system. Which is kind of awesome, and I never got involved in that because I was too busy, and it's probably too late to do that now. Stereo sound test. Stereo sound test. For those listening in stereo, we'll go ahead and... Left speaker. <laughs> right speaker. As you can tell those who are listening to this, that was not very, um, panned. Usually I'm expecting to get more to the left than it was. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there a reason why the stereo field is not as wide? In as the game itself or in just the test? In the test system. Uh, the, the test was just a, an audio file tossed together. It's actually not the game processing the panning. So if you play if you if you separately play the sound file, it's just it pans in the recording itself. Ah, okay. And, and I didn't create that. It was a no donated. Graphics. Press enter to change it. We hit down arrow again, we hit no graphics, press enter to change it. That's for those sighted people that uh, require graphics. You can turn them on or off, I'll leave them off. Mm -hmm. Most sensitivity and they are high contrast graphics, so those who are able to see it a little bit can usually benefit from the graphics. The next option mouse sensitivity set to default. Press enter to change is it. Is mouse sensitivity set to default? Why would someone want to change this? You have some people where they'll pick up a mouse and just based on their, com their current computer settings, uh, they might have to move the mouse an entire foot to do what they're used to doing in an inch. Like if, if you've replaced a mouse because the, the mouse itself may be more or less sensitive to one than one that you're used to. So this allows them to quickly within the game just Tweak it a little bit, make it more or less sensitive. And last option. You put in over four days, twelve hours, five minutes, playing the prone swamp. Yes, folks, I play swamp way too much for my own good. <laughs> that is the statistics for this swamp game. It resets if you dump your folder and right. re-extract. And the final option is exit the game. Exit, and then you can go back to having an actual life.
I am Jamie Pauls here for the Serial Talk podcast and on ACB 12 as well as other conventions. It's always good to meet up with people that you've talked to in the past and that's what I'm doing today. I've run into Mike Tyndall of HumanWare. So Mike, welcome back to the Serial Talk podcast network. Thank you, Jamie. It's great to be here today. So what's been happening at HumanWare in the last six months or so? You know, we're doing a lot of good things at HumanWare. Um, right now, one of our biggest promotions is our Victor Reader stream. Yeah. We have a very good promotion on that right now, so go to our website or give our customer service a call, check it out. Um, I don't want to announce any pricing because they may change, but we have a really good promotion there. We have our newest desktop model that we're showing this year. It's currently in my hand called the Victor Reader Stratus, oh, yeah. and it is running acapella voices, Heather and Ryan, for its uh, files, if you're reading um, Daisy Files, uh, you have Heather and Ryan. So, um, and then, of course, we still have our Trekker Breeze. Um, our brilliant Braille displays are now working with the iOS devices. Um, so you have both grade two input, grade two output on iOS with uh, the brilliant 32 and brilliant 40. And of course, with our Braille Notes, uh, we have the Braille Note Apex. Voice Note 18 and 32 cell Braille displays working with the iOS devices as well. So on our low vision side, we have the 360, uh, which is a CCTV that will give you distant and close-up viewing. We also have um, our Versa, which is a portable handheld magnifier. We have the Graduate, which is a uh, camera a computer-based uh, magnifier. You plug that directly into your laptop computer. It all folds up and goes very nicely into a bag. Um, and of course, uh, you know, those are the, the main products that we are, are showing this year. And it's, thank you very much. Excellent. Well, sounds like you guys have got a lot going on as usual. Uh, it never hurts to remind people how to get a hold of you. Well, I'd be glad to, <laughs> Jamie. You certainly can. My number is 800 722 3393. Again, that's 800-722-3393. And the website is? Website is www.humanware.com. That's www.humanware.com. Very good. Well, thanks again for visiting with us today. Thank you very much, Jamie. Reporting for the Sarah Todd Podcast Network, I'm Jamie Pauls. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.